Hello, and welcome to The Beeline, the official podcast of the West Virginia National Guard. I'm Master Sergeant Dewan Haley, Public Affairs Specialist with your West Virginia National Guard. Today on the show, we had, we're joined by Chief Master Sergeant Kevin Williams, the new Command Chief of the 130th Airlift Wing, and Master Sergeant Eugene Christ, the 130th Airlift Wing Public Affairs Manager. Welcome, everybody, and thank you for being on the show today. Thanks for having us. Yeah, it's glad to be here. All right, Chief. Uh, first of all, let's, uh, to start out with, let me uh, first say congratulations on your selection as the, the newest command chief to the 130th. Thank you. You're quite welcome. So um, we've kind of had the pleasure of working in very close proximity to you as your office is right beside of us before you were selected as uh, the um, CE command chief, or excuse me, CE chief. Can you talk a little bit about your career and what has kind of led you to become the um, the command chief for the 130th? Uh, my whole career started, gosh, back in 1988. Um, decided to join the unit and uh, found myself uh, a part of what was then the 130th cam squadron. Uh, I was a fuel cell technician and uh, Eventually, uh, be became a part of my first deployment, which was Desert Storm. And I was just a young man and uh, really uh, began to uh, really fell in love with the airplanes and, and the systems and, and those mechanics and what they knew. Uh, eventually ended up uh, as a propulsion mechanic. Uh, loved what I did, did it for a long time. Just kind of grew in the organization. Um, as I got older, um, Fun fact, my dad was a, a safety manager for the railroad. Oh, wow. And so when the safety position uh, opened up and I f felt like it was a good time in my life to do something different for a change, I, um, I, I'd lost my dad when I was 30. And so just the, uh, just the kind of desire to follow in your dad's footsteps and do what dad does, um, I applied for the safety position that was open here at the time and, um, and was selected. And, uh, and just kind of things just kind of evolved from there. Uh, eventually was promoted to chief and had a great opportunity to go to CE for a year and serve. And, and so here I am, and I've, it's just been constant change and constant learning. But as my pastor says, if you're not growing, you're dying. So I'd just rather just keep growing and doing new things. Okay, Chief, can you talk a little bit about um, your uh, some of the priorities you're going to have now that in in your new position like some of your goals like what, what you're looking to accomplish yeah so early on um my first goal is to listen listen and pay attention because i really don't know all that i need to do um but from that i, I think i can learn a lot of things from our airmen and and find out what my priorities should be and until that time i feel like it's prudent to just um just focus on the little things. There are so many little things that we can fix before we start trying to, you know, tackle big projects. And uh, some of those things are like um, just our PT scores. We can all try to grow and all try to be better. Not that everyone needs to be have 100 tomorrow. But we can just all try to be a little bit better, right, take care of ourselves. Um, I feel like um, the scripts from some of our ceremonies could be tightened up, that they could be improved a little, and those are easy fixes. Um, and then I've, I've got some ideas about approving our uh, Outstanding Airman of the Year and Outstanding Airman of the Quarter, our process, and, and uh, hopefully coming up with some ideas uh, to uh, increase the amount of nominations. Because at the end of the day, 
Um, I like to say, let's not get hung up on format uh, over content. At the end of the day, we want nominations about all the great things our airmen do. And uh, we can we can polish up bullets and make the form look pretty later. But I want to know who's doing great things. Okay, Chief, we, t- we talk a lot a bit about, uh, or uh, excuse me, we talk a lot about a leadership um, as NCOs and as military professionals. Can you... Can you define for us what you think leadership is and, like, how, how do you plan to, you know, use that as you approach your new role? <laughs> well, that's a, that's a really broad statement, and I'm no John Maxwell. <laughs> okay? I'm no John Maxwell. I, I'm just a guy who tries to uh, go out and do and uh, try to grow and try to be a little bit smarter and learn from my mistakes. But uh, – um, if I could try to just say who I am in that, um, my pastor Mark once said that humility is the fundamental building block on which all character traits are built. And so I think what really builds an effective leader is to come in the door with humility and be ready to serve and be ready to do. And from that um, yields credibility. So then with humility leads to credibility then once you've done all your PME and you've got your things done and you, you're fortunate enough to have an opportunity to lead folks, um, it's a whole lot easier to get folks to want to follow you if you've already established yourself as credible and humble. As more of like a servant leader. Yeah, oh, absolutely, absolutely. You don't, you don't have to like pound your fist and, uh, you know, and it's, things go smoother. And, and it, it served me well. And that kind of leads us into the next question. Um, let's talk about followership and what you know. What does it What does it mean? How does How does followership lead its way into leadership? And talk a little bit about how you know in in your career and in your life how you've you know come to to believe in followership. Yeah. So um, when I when I first uh, became a, a mechanic in the engine shop, I was the new guy. And um, I wanted to prove to my peers that I was worth my salt because the peer group in there was really solid, that uh, the guys in there were adamant about the fact that they were the best engine shop in the world. They'd answer the phone, Propulsion Laboratory, you know, they, <laughs> they, and they were, they were good. And I was new, and I wasn't anywhere as good as they were. And so um, I really wanted to volunteer for all the hard jobs, be the guy who'd mop the floor, be the guy who'd take out the trash, um, prove to them that, like, my selection was not a mistake. I, want, I wanted to show I was worth my salt. And, and so that, that willingness to follow and learn from them and all they knew, it did, it did serve me when, when I later became the shop chief and um, folks knew what I was all about. and It just made it easier. Even when I felt like it was going to be difficult, it was easier than I thought it would be. So, so uh, talking about dads, my my dad used to talk about a, uh, a grizzled old chief that he used to have when he he got to his first uh, duty station that um, survived the Bataan Death March and whatever. He would talk about leadership and being in the Air Force. He would always talk about this chief. Is there is there someone in your career that you can think of that's kind of defined leadership for you and uh, is basically how you modeled like how how you uh, act as a leader the first the, since we're going to talk about chiefs the first chief who really impacted me um his name was roger parsons and he was the chief in uh, uh the 
maintenance. Well, we we weren't a group then. I think we were a squadron, but it, regardless. And uh, it was my first deployment, and uh, I noticed how everyone respected him, and and all the maintainers would rally around him, and and he would just make suggestions, and then and then listen, and uh, and I was fortunate enough on my first deployment in Desert Storm to be in his tent, and him. Uh, there were guys there like John Wilson and John Nelson and Buddy Pala, who uh, just gosh, were really proud of what they did, proud of what they knew, and they could see that I was hungry to learn and just went out of their way to uh, teach me things. And, uh, gosh, I couldn't get enough of it. I was just so uh, uh, enamored by the airplane and what it did and and what all these uh, men knew. And and I knew right away, like, like, I want this in my life. This is who I want to be. And uh, But Chief Parsons, like, to me, he assembled that team and – they were all rallied around him, and the the um, the camaraderie, like our tent where we all lived, was called the Dog Pound. We had a sign outside that said Parsons Pups, and because I was <laughs> because I was the young guy, my name was the Pup, <laughs> and so I'd come back from work all dirty and happy, you know, and they'd say, "Hey, Pup, how are you today?" You know, and uh, I thought, man, if this is what if this if this is what the one thirty is all about, sign me up. I want to be here for a long time. I have one question. Um, you know, we've talked about how you've been in since, you know, before the Gulf War. How have you seen the 130th change and I guess the Air Force in general change since that time? Uh, we've, uh, we've obviously changed. Uh, not some ways for the better and mm-hmm. maybe some ways not and I don't that's probably another discussion for another day yeah. but um we've definitely Desert Storm was an eye opener because I don't think we really deployed much before then we we as the Air National Guard we as the yes we as the Air National Guard um cuz I can remember most or not most but a lot of those folks that I was with in Desert Storm had been Vietnam vets and so uh yeah so they talked about Vietnam and talked about some of their stories. As a matter of fact, um, I flew over with uh, with Sergeant and uh, Major Redmond's father. Uh-huh. We flew over together, and he told me Vietnam stories, and I'm like 22, 23. And I'm, not, I'm telling you guys, I was scared to death. <laughs> <laughs> I was scared to death. Like, man, this is what my deployment's going to be, you know. But, um, but they, were, they were just great folks. And uh, with a lot of experience and a lot of knowledge, uh, a lot of insight, yeah, that uh, uh, beneficial to me, and, helpful. And we've we've kind of we've kind of hit on it, but uh, not directly spoken to it. But can you talk a little bit about how the guard is a family? Um, you know, you you mentioned like on on that first deployment. You know. You, the, the folks in that tent kind of kind of welcomed you and like how to to the new airmen that are in the unit can you talk a little bit about how like you want to bring that to them as far as like this feeling as a family as in a, a unit yeah I just I mean I just think there's a lot of value uh, one of the things we provide is that uh, for the most part the members of this unit uh, 
while we deploy and come back. But in a lot of cases, we're here for the long haul, so it's it's inevitable that we're uh, going to be attached to one another and uh, and care about one another as we should. And so I personally, I um, while I appreciate the fact that that folks say, Chief, 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 hey, Chief, hey, Chief, and, and I know the, the intent is to be respectful, but on another level, like, there's a there's a part that says, like, hey, this is uh, Dewan and Kevin and Eugene, and, and, and they have a story, and, and they got one another's backs, and, and when there's a time to be Chief Williams and Master Sergeant mm-hmm. Bailey, you know, Master Sergeant Chris, Obviously, we're going to do that. We're going to be professionals. We're members of the Air Force. But we have an atmosphere here that also says, you know what? These are brothers. Yeah. <laughs> Stewan, Eugene, and Kevin. And we grew up and together. They grew up <laughs> together, and, and they grew up in this unit. And, uh, uh, and that's just straight off the cuff, guys, but that's, that's exactly how I see it. Okay, Chief. Um, and ca- – We've too. We've kind of talked about this as well. But um, what are some life lessons that have helped you get to, or you feel that you've helped you get to this position? And uh, something, let's say, uh, a little bit maybe better is what would you tell uh, young airmen? Something that you learned when you were young, uh, growing up in the unit that would like you know what would you like to impart to a young airman in the unit? Uh. Uh, two folks. The first one is my father, and uh, he said, "You never quit what you started, and you always, 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 by God, <laughs> do your best." <laughs> and uh, and then my mother taught me that um, that when your spiritual priorities are in place, um, it helps everything else align, keeps everything in, in its place, so that life doesn't knock you off your out of your seat mm-hmm. that knock you sideways and uh just so, uh, i'm, I'm sorry not, i'm sorry but specifically um i was at a place in my life when i was young and i i was like a college student and i was studying business at tech and i had three years under my belt and man i was like i hate accounting right. <laughs> sorry colonel Cato. <laughs> i hate accounting <laughs> i don't think this is me you know and uh i, I worked at kmart in canal city which is now closed and that's another sad story um, but, um, I wasn't happy with my life and what I was doing and I, I was looking for my passion, you know? And, um, so my mom started, uh, leaving these Bible scriptures around the house. Like I'd go in to shave and there would be, uh, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the other things will be added to you. So for me, uh, when my spiritual priorities are in order, like the other things are just the other things. And that is the thing. Right. And, and that has, it has served me so well, very well. Uh, so I'm I, sorry. No, 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 no. <laughs> <Yeah>. Don't apologize. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I, and we've kind of seen this um, in our time with you. And when commanders talk about Kevin Williams, uh, I, I can, there's a couple stories that I can think about um, talking about how they're, they can trust what you have to say. What what would you say to young airmen as far as, like, how do you build confidence in the people over you when, you you know, when they come to you needing something, like, 
how, how would, what would you tell a young airman? Like, these are the things, these are how you build confidence in your officers and like the importance of that. <laughs> Commanders expect the truth. They've got to have the truth. They are in a position where they have to make decisions that affect all of our lives, affect the mission, affect all that they're accountable for. And how can we expect them to be good at that if we don't give them the absolute facts, <laughs> the absolute truth? And, and that goes uh, for our airmen as well. Um, uh, there's not Kevin Williams' truth. There's the truth, and then there's Kevin Williams' opinion. So I have to wade through that. And when I sit by the commander, um, the truth is this, sir, ma'am. My opinion is this, sir, ma'am, and uh, that's about as it's about as all I know I can say or, or to put it is that, that the truth has to be absolute. Correct. Yep. Well, we've kind of exhausted all the questions, but is there anything you would like to add, or anything that you like a message you would like to give to? Uh, unit members like and just kind of describe you know how what you're going to be doing for for those young airmen and like uh, any message you would have for them as far as their career and like your intent or you know how you intend to lead the enlisted force here at the 130 so the leading of the enlisted force is um i promise to listen and i promise to learn and i promise to strive to improve and so um I hope I'm right in saying this. I don't intend to sit in the office. Um, I want to be out and about, and I want to hear what folks have to say. I want to be able to relay that information to uh, to the leadership of the wing, Colonel Priest, and all the way down to the squadron commanders. Um, and I and I will just encourage new airmen to come in, be humble, be the first one to volunteer to take out the trash, be the first one to volunteer to mop clean up and take pride in the workplace because with it with that humility comes credibility and with credibility comes really uh, your ability to lead later on down the road and we'll leave you with the last word chief anything you'd like to add anything you'd like to say uh just uh, i was really nervous about this but i feel Did really re- i feel really relaxed yeah. now <laughs> and i just want to thank you uh for the opportunity to just come and hang out and chat our um with deployments and our busy lives and stuff, we haven't done this as much as we should. And uh, I hope we can do it some more. I kind of liken this to um, skydiving. You know, before you, like, when you go on the plane and, you know, all that stuff, your adrenaline's pumping, and it's probably, like, the most scariest moment of your life. But once you, like, take that little leap and jump off, like, why was I ever scared of this? Yeah, I wouldn't, I, mean, I wouldn't know. Yeah, well, I never know. Yeah. I fix airplanes. I'll, yeah, jump, out I'll jump out of them. <laughs> Leave that for other people. Yeah. That's good. But thanks, yeah. guys, really. Yeah. Thank you for being here. And um, so that's going to do it for um, today's episode. For more information about the Western National Guard, you can find us at the web at www.wv.ng.mil. And stay up to date with all the current news of the Western National Guard and find the links to our social media sites. This has been Master Sergeant Dewan Haley with your West Virginia National Guard. 
Have a great day. And on behalf of the 64,000 guardsmen in uniform and 700 civilian employees and families, stay safe and stay West Virginia strong.